I think there's this real perception that the most visible and vocal portion of the Montreal Canadiens fan base lacks decorum, uh, that they're prone to actions that even English football stopped tolerating in the 1980s. What? And that, Habs you know, this, fans? Yeah, the same segment of the fans base lacks self-awareness as they project a semi-permanent persecution complex, wherein they suffer grand delusions that one of the most popular brands in the NHL is victim of a vast conspiracy inflicted on them by various quote-unquote haters. And that furthermore, while the Montreal Canadiens were once an important cultural touchstone for identity politics in Canada, the reality is that the last player who donned the red, white, and blue and could reasonably be considered a Habs great is a Finn who left the franchise for Anaheim five years ago, that their last official captain was Brian freaking Gianta, and that of their four current assistant captains, three of them are a Czech, a Russian, and American, in addition to the fact that the franchise as it currently exists is owned by a conglomerate of professional beer peddlers, telecommunications companies, banks, and Belgian private citizens like any other ordinary business, and that now the club's history only serves to imbue the fan base with an air of insufferability and self-importance, as the Montreal Canadiens are the black hole around which the galaxy orbits. And if these same fans had even an iota of self-awareness, they'd realize that this constant clinging to a distant past only serves to highlight how utterly ordinary and unremarkable their current club is, outside of their own association with their club, as their arrogance is unapproached around the league, and possibly unmatched in the entirety of North American sports fandom. Whoa. (laughs) I'm going to take a step back and just let you cook. Gentlemen, and welcome to episode Hosa of the Chet Sellers and Luke Peristi podcast. I'm Luke, and I'm joined as always by the man whose favorite McDonald's mascot is that weird bird girl whose name no one can remember. It's Chet Sellers. <laughs> How you doing, man? Pretty good. All right. Why uh, McDonald's? What's going on with McDonald's? Why is every I've I've you know I've tried to follow the team as best I can. Why is everybody talking about McDonald's? Well, I mean, I'm surprised you haven't heard, but there is a new sheriff in Ottawa. And his name is Andrew Hammond. Andrew Hammond, the uh, that's the uh, the guy we signed out of Bowling Green like two years ago who was terrible in the AHL, that Andrew Hammond? That's correct. Andrew Hammond, the guy who we put in net because we thought he'd be marginally more effective than a bag of wet leaves. Uh, he, he's, he's just taken the, he's taken the world by storm. He, he's I, set the town alight. Surely we haven't uh, gone to Andrew Hammond as our starter, right? I mean, I, I can only see that happening if both Craig Anderson and Robin Lehner were injured. Yes, that is what happened, actually, and we just said i mean i think the last time we were on this oh, okay uh, this so, podcast. so so i thought i would I, well i guess i thought i was paying attention but i, I kind of go into a fugue state every time we do one of these podcasts so i must have forgotten that andrew hammond was the starter but surely that means our season's over right like if andrew hammond is our starting goalie surely we've thrown in the towel we're we're playing for the lottery at this point right well ottawa's been not doing that and kind of annoyingly have rattled off a really impressive run of games Really? Yes. This is the Ottawa Senators you're talking about. Yeah, the Ottawa Senators, since their 2-1 win over the Sabres in February, have gone 12-2-2 in their last 16 games. This is the sort of run that Mike Brodeur could only dream of. (laughs) That's how good Andrew Hammond has been, is that he's completely supplanted the memory of Mike Brodeur. 
is this in is my this, brain. Is this going to be one of those um, one of those runs though, where the Senators almost but not quite make the playoffs, but uh, also play themselves out of a decent draft pick? Surely it's not going to be that again this year, right? Well, here's the thing: is that something that's not being talked about enough is just how big a mountain the Senators had to climb. As I said, they've gone twelve two and two in their last sixteen, which was you know that's like eighty two percent of the points available, and there's still five points back of Boston for the final wild card spot. Or to put it another way, Ottawa could have gone fifteen one and zero in those same games, and if that one loss was against Boston, they'd still be a point back of Boston. Hmm. But they're so, uh, they're only seven back of Washington, right, with two games in hand. Correct. Huh. Okay, I just guessed that, so that's good. Uh, so surely we're going to catch one of those two teams with Andrew well, Hammond. That, well, that's the big question, Chet, is do you believe? Do I believe? Yes. Hmm. Are you Are you ready to welcome hope back into your heart? Well, I mean, I, I believe a lot of things. You know, obviously, I believe that our children are over-vaccinated. I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I do think that they're going to make a run at it more or less like they did last year. I think it will be very entertaining to watch. So I'm actually quite excited about it. Um, I think we're at the point now where you can't not play Andrew Hammond, right? I, I'm, I'm not really sure what else he has to do. I mean, even if Craig Anderson is going to be the long-term goalie here, and even if Leonard doesn't play for the rest of the year... Uh, and then gets traded to Edmonton in the offseason. Like, I, I don't know how you can not play Hammond as the full-time starter until he, you know, breaks down or gets hurt or loses his mojo or something. Because he's... Like, I saw something today that he's not only statistically way out of line with everything he's ever done at every level of hockey, he's statistically out of line with, like, every goalie in the history of the NHL, right? Like, he is 3-0 and and on the second half of a back-to-back with, like, a .981 save percentage, right? Which, if sustainable, which it isn't, would make him the greatest goalie in the history of the National Hockey League. Like, you just can't do that. But as long as he's doing it like i don't see how how you don't play him plus he's a ginger yeah like people are like this is the first time this has happened to a goalie since 1938 <laughs> like <laughs> what yeah i know exactly i saw somebody said that it's like he he nobody's done this since hitler was times man of the year <laughs> <laughs> You know, I hear a lot of complaining about, oh, this team is just set up to basically keep turning over and maybe make the eighth playoff spot every year, and they're never truly going to rebuild because all they want to do is basically scrape by and be just better than mediocre, blah, 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 blah. How much do you want to make the playoffs in the eighth seed and play the Habs? That's like free money, right? That's like finding $100 <laughs> playing the Habs in the in the first round. Like That's just sitting there waiting for you to take it. Oh, man. Like, I lust after that reality, like, more than you could possibly imagine. When I wake up, the first thing I think about is Ottawa playing the Habs in the first round of the playoffs. And before I go to sweep, the last thing I think of is Ottawa playing the Habs in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> well, I mean, there's no pressure if you're Ottawa in that uh, in that in that matchup, right? Like, I mean, all the pressure's on the Habs to like not dummy themselves like they always do when they play yeah, the Senators. Know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I remember going into the playoffs two years ago against the Habs, and it was just like you you had all this house money, and you were just like, even if you lost it, like you were still going to come out even. And that was the greatest playoff series in the history of hockey. Yes. It certainly was. And I think that this season especially has 
only deepened those feelings of antipathy between the teams. Even if uh, we end up having a five-on-five line brawl without Cassian, without Phillips, without Smith, without Cowan, and without Neil. So potentially all five... <laughs> I'm just thinking about this now. That's, like actually, all, that's, an, that, that's an amazing all stat. All <laughs> five guys who were on a starting lineup in the playoffs two years ago and ran the Habs 5 nothing in a line brawl, none of them could potentially be playing in the playoffs this year, right? Because you'd have Weirkosh, CeCe, Pumpel, Lazar, and Condra out there or something like that, right? Well, and well, they'd raises, still this beat the Habs 5 I, I know, that, that raises a, like, a really important question, which is how bad were the Habs two years ago? <laughs> yeah, bring on the Habs. Come on, let's make the playoffs. I'm bring them on with Andrew Hammond and Nett. Free burgers for everybody. If we can bring this back to Andrew Hammond, you were talking about, you know, do we continue to, to ride Andrew Hammond until the magic is gone? And yeah, I, I think you have to right well here's the thing is that like i don't believe in magic but i do believe in psychology and i think this team loves andrew hammond right now i i think that's right um i don't think they they necessarily don't believe in craig anderson but there just seem to be some kind of positive muju going on when uh when he's starting and and you know if if there is any psychological effect i don't know how you'd quantify that but why even try why not just ride the magic unicorn right keep hammond in net and see what happens and the i, I keep waiting for him him to be really badly exposed during a game like give up you know i mean the thing with anderson is that he's he can get in the zone and just be absolutely lights out but he can also be that guy that kind of gives up two stinger goals in the first period before he kind of you know gets his legs under him in a game and i haven't really seen any of that from hammond yet like there's a lot of times that he's sort of flopping around and you're sort of wondering how he's going to get back into position and make a save and maybe maybe a lot of that is luck but he does seem to be in the right place at the right time he does seem to be able to stop the pucks when they're you know trying to go through his five hole he does seem to be able to stop rebounds from happening like so even when it doesn't look as pretty as it could if the results kind of speak for themselves at this point right like he has something going on that that seems to be working even if you look at him and you don't think he's all that impressive technically as a goalie so i see no reason not to keep playing him the opposing viewpoint is blatantly obvious andrew hammond the career ahl goaltender probably isn't going to be able to keep up a 954 save percentage over the long term like yeah <laughs> you could be right but he doesn't have to he doesn't I mean, have to the ottawa senators are at i think 75 points right now and with 15 games still to play and let's say that you know 95 points gets them in you know that means they need to go you know 10 5 and O in the remaining part of their schedule. And, you know, can they ride the magic of Andrew Hammond to, you know, 10 more wins? What matters most is, is you know, the next game, right? And at least right now, the way Andrew Hammond's going, you have every reason to believe that his next game is going to be a good one. So you can play Andrew Hammond, and if he does run out of steam, or he does, you know, basically the clock strikes 12 and he turns back into an AHL goalie, oh no, we've only got Craig Anderson behind him. Like, it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world to kind of ride this as long as it lasts and then you've always got your number one veteran four million dollar a year generally excellent goalie waiting behind him like you know let's let's see what happens i think we're past the point where we realistically need to fret over whether it's anderson or hammond starting i think you just put hammond in there you know because the worst thing that happens is you lose and you know it's not like there's which could happen anyway which could happen anyway exactly i mean it's it's already pretty slim odds that they're going to make the playoffs i don't think that necessarily putting Anderson in is going to increase those odds any the way we're, we're seeing things go. So, you know, let's uh, let's just have some fun. The Ottawa Senators, why not us? I like it.
Like, what level of popularity for Andrew Hammond do you think is due to the fact that his nickname is Hamburger? Hamburglar. Or, sorry, Hamburglar. Like, the fact that this guy is coming from out of nowhere and has, like, an awesome nickname. It's what true. What do you think that's doing for him? If he was, like, a guy whose nickname was Hamburglar and he was the only healthy goalie that the team had and he was terrible, and he's like, oh, the Hamburglar, here comes the Hamburglar, people would hate him, right? I mean, the idea that he's got this great nickname and this you know character on his mask is fine but it's only endearing because he's 9-0-1 like I, I love the fact that that the you know the fans are, are latching on to the hamburger thing and you know I was at the game the other night and there were dudes showing up dressed like Hamburglar and I don't even know how you and this is like his first home game back after the California road trip so I yeah. don't even know the, triumph, the triumphant warrior returns and this was like day two of Hammond mania and I don't even know how you scare up a Hamburglar costume that quickly but <laughs> There were dudes with striped shirts and hats and masks and um, one guy just had a fedora on, which he probably had already, but it was still it was still pretty impressive to see. And it's like Ottawa's socially acceptable version of Juggalos. Yeah. <laughs> people who dress up as hamburgers. But they came back from the California road trip and they played the Sabres last Friday. And I was at that game and Hammond got the biggest cheer of anybody that was announced in the starting lineup. Well, and look, people, it's people gonna be, like the Messiah. I yeah. Guess and, and so tomorrow night, him. so tomorrow night against the Flyers, Sunday night, and I'm going to go to that one too. I'm convinced like it's going to be deafening for Andrew Hammond. It's going to be like when they come back tomorrow night, assuming that he's starting, the whole place is going to go nuts. The thing I love most about this is how it makes no sense. It makes no sense. That's the that's the best part about it. (laughs) Here is a goaltender who plays the best hockey on the second half of back-to-backs. Here's a guy (laughs) who shut out Anaheim and L.A., on consecutive nights. Here's a guy who looked like the hottest garbage in the AHL and is now playing out of his gourd. But, and what I like about what Hammond's doing is that he's not just laying waste to statistical probability. He's also laying waste to conventional wisdom. <laughs> so, like, there's literally <laughs> nobody on either side of the analytics debate who would have expected Andrew Hammond to do this, which is what makes, which is, I think, in one way why we can all kind of rally behind him, because no matter what your viewpoint is on hockey, whether you're a stats guy, whether you're a scouts guy, whether you believe in chemistry, whether you believe in probability, whether you believe in character, whether you believe in Patrick Weirkosh, nobody can believe that this is happening, and so we can all just kind of be bewildered together. So what I like about Andrew Hammond is that he's building bridges. It's George Costanza-like, you know, is that just the opposite of what you think you should do. (laughs) <laughs> is what you should do. So, and I think that's, again, like, that's a great argument for just continuing to ride Hammond, is that, like, there's no way this can end well, or at least as well as it's been going. So let's do that. Well, everything ends badly or else it wouldn't end, right? And I'm just, you know, I was on Team Anderson when he was ready to come back, and I guess that would have been the game that they won against the Flames. They blew the 4 nothing lead, and then they won in the shootout. And then they lost the next game to Boston. And I was still on Team Anderson at that point, and I think Anderson still is the guy that is probably going to end up finishing out the year for Ottawa, but, like, let it ride, man. The guy I worry about is Robin Leonard. And that's the thing. While I realize that, you know, this is just, you know, a guy getting hot at the right time, there is a part of me that looks at this narrative and goes, you know, how many chances has Robin Leonard had to, you know, really put his mark on this team and, like, really claim this starter's role for his own and say, hey, 
I'm here and you know what I'm here for the long term and now this guy no one's ever heard of comes in and just runs the show what must Robin Leonard be thinking right now? I don't know what Robin Leonard's thinking I mean I hope he's he's thinking correctly I hope he's sort of starting to come out of the fog of his concussion and that he'll he'll make a full recovery I could see a scenario where if Hammond plays even decently for the rest of the year they say okay we're back in a situation where we've got you know three good goalies who are we going to trade and it might be Leonard right I mean Leonard's probably got the most trade value and they can say well we've got Anderson signed for the next three years anyway and Hammond even if he regresses will still be a decent backup it's funny because when we last taped this podcast I think we sort of said oh my god Andrew Hammond our you know backup is now our starter (laughs) yeah I was I was like pricing out a Connor McDavid sends jersey at that point yeah exactly it's (laughs) like this is why you'll never trade Leonard because as soon as you actually do get down to Andrew Hammond everybody's like chest tightens up but you know they may be at the point now where they say well even if he's not going to keep this up he's still at least a serviceable backup oh Um, for sure i guess my concern would be they trade leonard and then it turns out that he's not even a serviceable backup like he goes back to a guy with an 880 save percentage but they may get to that point pretty quickly and they may say that you know leonard going to edmonton will get back some bruising power forward or some crap like that and uh we'll end up with uh anderson and hammond next year and we'll have people on twitter saying hammond should be starting all the time (laughs) And I mean, the one thing I guess I'd say is that even though Leonard's had really good streaks in the past, he didn't have any this year. And I don't think he's ever gone on a 9-0-1 run the way way Hammond has. The the thing about goalies... I mean, this is... Tell me uh, this, tell no, me the thing about goalies. The thing about goalies, and this may shock some of you. This is I'm going to go right inside baseball. Hang on, on is this, this a Peristi exclusive? Yes. Okay, this folks, Peristi exclusive I'm gonna about break, goalies. The, I'm going to break the game down here. The thing about goalies is you can only play one of them at a time. I feel my, my mental parameters being stretched by that statement. Okay. Stay with me here. Okay. The fact that assuming that... So the fact that you can only play one goalie at a time means that if you have three of them who are okay, you can trade one to make other parts of the team better. So it is probably true that that at some point they had to figure out whether it was going to be Anderson or Lanner. I think they were probably hoping it was going to be Leonard and that they could trade Anderson. And and I know one of the concerns with Anderson is that he, at some point, is going to realize he's in his mid-30s and he's not going to play as well. But that's kind of a year-over-year problem, which I guess we'll see how it plays out. If you had said, you know, a year ago that the way that the Anderson-Leonard thing was going to get worked out was by the sense keeping Anderson because Andrew Hammond uh, emerged as a potential replacement, I don't think anyone would have believed you. Maybe we're taking this too much for granted. Like, let's, let's think back to five years ago to the heady days of Alex Ald, Martin Gerber, and Pascal Leclerc. Having a stable goaltending situation actually not as easy as you think. So, you know, maybe we're looking a gift horse far too much in the mouth here and should just take it easy and be like, we're good with the current starter and the heir apparent. For a team that's, you know, a $56 million payroll, you can't spend seven, eight, nine million dollars a year on goalies. Like, even if you've got two good ones, they were always going to have to pick one or the other. And now that they've found their potential future backup, I think they, I think they're going to go with Anderson. I think they're going to trade Leonard. The more I, the more we we talk this out, the more I'm convinced it's going to happen. If Ottawa makes the playoffs, and I'm I'm like whatever, do whatever you want, Brian Murray. I I'm buying what you're selling here. Yeah, trade trade Robin Leonard. We all love him. 
Yeah. What could happen? Give Daniel Alfredson back his house and make it, him yeah. assistant assistant to the general manager. Robin Leonard's departure will herald Daniel Alfredson's return, which, you know, could be a good trade for Ottawa. I mean, I think one of the things that Andrew Hammond has swept out at this point is the idea that Robin Leonard should be judged on anything other than his performance, right? Like, mm-hmm. we all love Robin Leonard as a character, and, you know, and a lot of us have said, well, he's still very young, and even though he's struggling, he's still, you know, all, all the signs are there that he's going to be a very good goalie. Like, he's got so much more pedigree than Andrew Hammond does. He's got much higher priors. He's got a much better chance at becoming a productive NHL goalie than a 27-year-old Andrew Hammond does, right? Who's struggled his basically his entire minor league career. That said, Leonard has not, I think, developed as quite as much as anybody would like. And as much as people might like his character, I think a lot of people are going to say, well, if Hammond can come along and do this, it doesn't matter if Leonard's like this fun, murderous Viking. Like, unless he can do that too, he should go. So I think that's really going to hold Leonard's feet to the fire if he does come back this year or next and start playing again for the Senators because it's like, okay, you're at the point now where the only thing you're going to be judged on is your performance because we can replace the character. We just found this ginger dude who has a Hamburglar on his mask (laughs) and we all had fun with him on Twitter for weeks. So we don't care that you're like this insane murderous Viking who lives in Daniel Alfredson's house. We are actually a very fickle people. Very, very fickle. We'll latch on to anything. Exactly. Patrick Weirkosh. I mean, if you can latch on to Patrick Weirkosh, you can latch on to anything. Um, I guess the last time we talked, we were talking about uh, all of the veterans that Ottawa was going to imminently trade, and they didn't do any of that. In fact, they did nothing. That's right. And doesn't that look smart now? Right? Like, Brian Murray, the genius, I think, is the correct term for him at this point. Well, like, I like the idea he's that... He's just Bri- like, I'm going to let this ride. Brian he, Murray always knew. He believed. He believed the whole time, and he said, you know what? I'm going to get killed for not doing anything on trade deadline, not shipping out David Legwan for a fifth-round pick, but I got a good feeling about this Hammond kid. Can you imagine if he'd come out and said that? People would have thought he'd <laughs> lost his mind. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. The Senators were kind of a tweener team this year. Like, they were not bad enough to be in the lottery, but not necessarily good enough to be in the play- playoffs and the only thing that was going to probably get them over the hump when they were sitting 10 12 points out of the trade deadline with no real prospects to ship guys out or bring guys in was if their backup AHL goalie took over the reins got super hot and won 10 games in a row and sure enough that's what happened and I'm not saying it was Brian Murray's plan but the probably only thing that would have gotten them back in the hunt did in fact happen despite all odds and so here we are Hammond gives us all hope, right? That even if it's luck, even if it's statistically improbable and scientifically impossible, we can all have our best moments, right? We can all rise above the mediocrity we've lived in and and for at least a brief moment shine. And even if stars eventually implode, they still burn brightest uh, right before they do so. And if Andrew Hammond has, has taught us anything, he's taught us that when your moment arrives, you just have to seize it. We are all Andrew Hammond. We are all Andrew Hammond. And the other thing I like about Andrew Hammond is it proves that you can be a conquering sports hero and also look like you're here to fix the photocopier. (laughs) So that's good. I don't even know why we called this the Chet Sellers and Luke Peristi podcast. You should have called it the Chet Sellers and Luke Peristi Hammond cast. (laughs) Good Hammond, and welcome to the Chet Sellers and Luke Peristi Hammond cast. I'm Luke Hammond, and I'm joined as always by my friend Hammond Selham. We could just insert the word Hammond into every other Hammond and Hammond it like it was was just a normal Hammond. I'm very Hammond about that possibility. (laughs) I think that the amount of Hammond that's currently Hammonding is... Basically unhammonded. Well, the thing about Hammond is that if you are actually going to Hammond to Hammond, um, you have to make sure that Hammond 
isn't fully Hammond because otherwise you're going to end up with Hammond all over the place and there's just going to be too much Hammond but not enough of the Hammond. So it, it really is a delicate Hammond. That, that speaks to, you know, just a well-known Hammond. How much Hammond when a Hammond Hammond if a Hammond Hammond Hammond. Right, right, right. No, I I, I, I Hammond it of that and also uh, a Hammond in the Hammond is worth Hammond in the bush. I, uh, I Hammond with you on that one. And with that scorching Hammond, I think we're going to leave it there. Good Hammond by you, Chet. Well, and um, may Hammond be with you as well. Thank you very much. And you know what? The very best Hammond to you and yours, listeners. Ride the wave. Let's see what happens. Why not us? Good Hammond. <laughs> A couple of fellers who both still live with their moms Breaking the town's local hockey team down with some microphones on No other podcast was finer Or was more of a hit with the big rig diners We never thought they'd make it past episode 5 Whoa, somehow these dudes named Chet and Paris are alive Whoa, whoa, whoa That's something whoa. he doesn't have yet Is, you know, how you know, people will yell Lou for Luongo. We need well, I mean, Ham so, for Andrew Hammond. Well, the thing about Hammond is that like, Sens fans will regularly chant Andy, right? Right. And Hammond and Andy sound almost exactly the same when 18,000 people are shouting it. Yeah. So um, I don't see why people don't just Hammond. go Hammond, Hammond, right? Yep, that works. Yeah. There we go. Get on it, Ottawa. Yeah, get on it, Hammond. <laughs> Ottawa is now called Hammond. Yeah, <laughs> Hammondville. Yeah, the good burgers of Hammondville. <laughs> hey, Nailed it.